0: WXDXFM fm
1: Tiger Woods is going to play Phil Mickelson one-on-one and the winner gets $10 million if you can't win real golf tournaments anymore I guess you could always invent something you can win Uh, It will pop a huge TV rating, and it will also further hinder golf's attempt to create new stars, but nobody seems to care about that. Just get Tiger on TV, and I can't blame golf. I can't blame the networks. I can't blame the sponsors for wanting that because uh, just last weekend, Tiger tied for fourth at the Quicken Loans tournament uh, near D.C., It was a real weak field, and the TV rating for the final day was up 92% from last year. For the third round, it was up 143% from last year. Boy, imagine if Tiger won uh, or finished fourth at a real tournament. People say Tiger made golf. That's not true. Arnold Palmer made golf. But Tiger may yet be golf's ruination. Golf may never, ever recover from Tiger Woods. Uh Sick again. Brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. What y'all think of that? Tiger versus Philly Mick, 10 million winner take all. Uh, They've won one tournament between them. Since 2013. Tigers won none. Philly Mick won this past March in Mexico. Uh, A goat finished second. A piñata finished third. Pancho Villa finished fourth. But this will pop a huge number. No golfer stepped into the gap left by Tiger. No golfer became iconic when Tiger was out by injury. Not for lack of trying, Jordan Spieth won the Masters in 2015, the U.S. Open in 2015, finished second in the PGA in 2015. He was only 22 years old. He has since won the British Open, and Golf Digest says he's the nicest guy on the tour. Why can't he get a foothold? The answer is because Tiger's still there. And after Tiger quits, golf will just go away for a while. People won't be interested for a while. Like I said, it may literally never recover. Phil Mickelson said he hopes that there's a number of one-on-one exhibitions between him and Tiger. But yeah, $10 bucks a crack, I can see why Phil would think that. He's in the spotlight. He's more relevant than ever. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing. Actually, I kind of am, but again, I don't blame the networks and the golfers and everyone involved for doing it. It's big, big money. It's big, big ratings. It's big, big everything. It, it, it is reminiscent of country club hustling, isn't it? It's kind of contrived. It's kind of smarmy. There is no betting at Bushwood, and I never slice. You, you know what? I bet there's side bets between uh, Tiger and Phil. And then when Phil loses, hey, Moose, Rocco. Help Phil find his checkbook. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I do want to get back to the Pirates. Just to recap, at the top of the show I talked about what has tangibly gone wrong uh, for the Pirates. Namely, tie-ons a bust. There's no legitimate 1, 2, or even number 3 starters on the Pirates staff. Josh Bell only has five home runs. Marte and Polanco. Marte's average. Polanco stinks. Neither one's the leader. Cervelli's faded. Harrison is average. The bullpen's a disaster. And Clint Hurdle isn't tough enough as a manager. He's not managing in a style designed to overachieve. I I think those are all pretty clear and very true. Now, uh, what's amusing is when people debate what approach the Pirates should take now should they burn it down and rebuild or should they reload reloading was the plan until it turned out it was just a word and not a plan and of course the goal was always to win the world series blah 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 that's amusing because pirate fans pretend there's all these options all these possible ways of doing things and the media plays along but the only plan is money the only option is profit When they trade Harrison uh, at the deadline and whoever else, it's to get their salaries off the books, period. Not to reload or rebuild or get prospects. It's not like the Pirates need to get younger. They already have the youngest pitching staff in MLB. They mostly suck, but they are young. The point is there's no grand design beyond profit. Anything else is just imagined. If the Pirates do blow it up, what do they replace it with? Every analysis of MLB Farm System says their farm system is in the bottom half of the middle third. I've seen them ranked like 18th, 19th, somewhere in there. So so tell me what the plan is, and, and don't just give me platitudes. Tell me something that could work and why it'll work, but it won't work because there is no plan beyond money. And if you haven't realized that by now, you are every bit... As stupid as I've always said you are when it comes to the Pirates. And I still do believe that. When it comes to the Pirates, this town puts the duh in dumb. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, Trump's at it again, and I, I hate to talk politics, but you know what? He won't stay away from sports, so I won't stay away from politics. He was in Montana holding a rally. Why is he got to hold a rally? And he said how NFL ratings are down 20%. It's the flag. Hey, that's not the right figure. It's 9%. And I think there's a lot of reasons, and the take a knee thing is one of them. But why is he not going to ever let up on that? I'll tell you why. Because it detracts from his many failings. He cites something that he thinks is the truth, and it's not the truth, but that's never mattered to him. And it, you know, it's it's don't look there, look over here. And I hesitate to talk about it, but he's 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 trying to really hurt the NFL. He really is, and the NFL can do just fine hurting itself. But but he, this guy's just, you know, when it comes to that stuff, he needs to let it go. He he is trying to hurt a private business, which is against the law, as concerns the president. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Oh, this guy Deschambeau, he he won uh, one of the majors. I forget which. Don't care which. And he uh, got reprimanded. They told him he couldn't use a drawing compass. He was using a drawing compass to look at course layouts and make sure of pin placement. Now I have really no idea what a drawing compass is or, or how he could use it to to help himself on a golf course, but. Uh, the USGA says no go. It's using a foreign object or words to that effect, which is, hey, they said that about Baron Mikel Cicluna uh, way back when. 412 333 9939 is the number to call. Don't forget, I'm at Schultz Ford. Uh, just off Route 28 in Harmerville. July 4th kind of skewed the usual uh, Schultz Ford Madden appearance because usually it's the day, it's the on the 4th or the day after. But since it was midweek on Wednesday, their big July 4th sales extravaganza has morphed into the big July 7th sales extravaganza. In fact, I think they've had, this is a week-long extravaganza, which is an extra, extra extravaganza. And uh, I will be there doing my usual entertaining crapola. So do be sure to stop that it by. It, it's always, serious, it's a fun time. Like, if there's ever something I refuse to answer on this show, chances are I'll answer it in a setting like that. And we give away prizes. There's food. Is it supposed to be real hot tomorrow? I hope not. And I will stop. There's this place, uh, Gino's Pizzeria, right by Schultz. They have the best buffalo chicken pizza in history. Remember I was was debating that on on the show? Somebody steered me there, and they have the best buffalo chicken pizza ever. It is delightful, yes. Brazil's out of the World Cup. Who we got left? We got France and Belgium. Then we got England plays uh, Sweden. And then we got Croatia plays Russia. Tell you what, talk about two warlike nations. Russia, I mean, they overran all of Eastern Europe at one point, and Croatia does their share of damage too. 412. (laughs) I always love comparing sports to history. Hey. If you're going to have international sports, you're relating it to history uh, right there. In in just a moment, I'm going to talk about, uh, you know why they have events like Mickelson versus Woods, right? Because there's too much TV and not enough time to fill it. And I'll talk about that in a moment. I'll also talk about how uh, oddball events like this is going to be. Usually don't last long within the context of a sport. I'll cite some examples of that. Oh, here's the pirate lineup. Check this out. Josh Bell batting leadoff. Well, he can't hit home runs. There's no point batting him cleanup. Clint Hurdle should just throw a bunch of crap at the wall and see what sticks. Four one two three 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 wxdx.
2: And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah,
1: you do, Mr. Madden, big fan. Super genius. I love the show. What he likes ain't legal nowhere, but Medaille and... The X at 105.9. I want to know what you think of the uh, proposed $10 million 101 golf match between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. I think it's uh, kind of smarmy. Reminds me of country club hustling, but people will watch it Make no mistake, and I think there's a limited shelf life for oddball events within the context of a legitimate sport. Case in point, and there was a movie made about this recently, so it's uh, been back in the public eye in the not-too-distant past. In 1973, uh, Bobby Riggs was this old tennis guy, won major tournaments, But he was in, I think, his 50s then. Was a hustler. Big better. The kind of country club stuff I'm talking about is what he did, but with tennis. So he challenged Billie Jean King to a battle of the sexes. Billie Jean King refused, so he played Margaret Smith Court, who at the time was actually ranked above Billie Jean King for a brief period. They played best of three sets. Bobby Riggs won handily, I think, 6-1, 6-2. And then Billie Jean King had to play him, you know, to try to save the credibility of women's tennis. And it just went nuts. It was at the Houston Astrodome. Over 30,000 people paid to see it. Over 90 million people watched on TV. Just a huge event, but, but again, Kind of sleazy, kind of sketchy, kind of, it just wasn't real tennis, but it became bigger than real tennis. And Billie Jean King won in straight sets. And then the whole notion of a man playing a woman died. It was barely ever tried again. One time, Jimmy Connors, I think when he was 40, played Martina Navratilova when she was 35, but they handicapped it like you know, gave Connors more court to cover than, than Martina, and it nobody cared. So you see my point. It was huge a couple of times, and it died. So I think this Woods-Mickelson thing might work once, but that's it. Now, who else could Tiger play? Who else remotely resembles a rival that's still around playing golf? Like Ernie Els, maybe? David Duvall, his career just collapsed. You You wouldn't want to drag him out there. He'd shoot like 20 over. He kind of he kind of did the deal where, I, I hate to cite Steve Blass, but it's the most ready example. Steve Blass went from being a Cy Young contender to not being able to throw a strike like overnight. Same with David Duvall. Went from winning tournaments to like shooting 20 over. And, and nobody knows why to this day, I don't think. But I think the Tiger-Mickelson thing could work one time, maybe twice. You know what the best thing to do would be? For Phil to win the first time. If Phil wins the first time, people would see it again. Here's how you do it. Here's how you work it. Here's my wrestling background coming out. Phil wins the first one. He gets the 10 million, then he bets Tiger uh that money. So Tiger can either win that 10 million or lose 10 million of his own. And there's 10 million on top of it, you know, that sponsors and the networks put up. Now, none of that would actually have to happen, but th- but that's how you hype. Now, you know where a lot of this is, uh, is coming from is there's too much TV and not enough programming. And I was thinking about that yesterday because I love watching soccer, but people were saying, oh, I'd rather watch, I don't know, what you say, poker, WNBA, stuff like that. So I turned on the TV last night, just flipped around the programming grid for sports. You had the World Series of Poker, the final round. It was live from Las Vegas. And there's nothing quite like live poker. It really loses something when it's on tape delay. Uh, There was NBA Summer League, WNBA. If you flip back and forth between those two real fast, it's like an equal opportunity festival of terrible basketball. There was high school lacrosse, a special on the making of the Katy Perry halftime show. A program about bow hunting in Alaska. A bunch of replays, an Orange bull, a World Cup game, a Red Wings-Rangers hockey game from last year. God knows why, because those were two uh, uneventful teams last season. Uh, There was the World's Strongest Man competition and something called the Professional Fighters League. That's all at the same time, 9 p.m. Oh, and the movie Gladiator, too. That's professional fighting, you know, kind of. So watch high school lacrosse and bow hunting or the WNBA and tell me again that soccer sucks. Because compared to all the crap that was on last night at 9 o'clock, soccer's great and this Mickelson Woods match will be better as well. The WNBA, I know its supporters like to say, well, it's basketball the way the game should be played, it's below the rim. You see pick and rolls. The girls play the game the way Dr. Naismith invented it. Well, if Dr. Naismith were still alive, he'd watch the girls and fall asleep because like 30 seconds of that, your eyes just glaze over. They glaze over. It might be for somebody. It might be for you. It's just not for me. To be fair, I don't like men's basketball, but at least it's not plotting. The WNBA is pouring It's like a tape that's broken and goes real slow. Let's go to uh, Huggy and Cranberry. Huggy, you're on with the super genius.
2: Hey, Mark. So this $10 million, are they giving it to charity or are they playing each other for No, they're time? keeping it. How do we know they're keeping it? Both of them are cheaters. Phil's insider trading. Tiger, you know, has his own cheating problem.
1: I think so ins- is- I think insider trading is just good business, and I think Bang yeah, I and Jocelyn James is good business too, so I have no problem with either of them for their uh, alleged cheating, as you call it.
2: Okay, neither do I. Those are fine. You know, get some money and do what you got to do on the side. But who's to say that both of them... Just won't have an understanding that they're not going to pay each other ten million. They're just going to take the. No, no, no. And they're and not. TV they're up. not.
1: They're not betting it. They're, they may put a side bet down, but th- this is going to be the, whoever organizes the event is going to pay the winner ten million dollars. Okay. All
2: right. That makes sense. Then I
1: wasn't aware of that. At least that's the impression I get. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's you know it's. Mickelson said that ten million would make Tiger sweat. So that's the that's the price he wants.
2: Okay, I thought they were paying each other out the $10 million.
1: There is no gambling at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Seriously, doesn't this sound like the end of Caddyshack? You know, I'll tell you what, if I if I showed up on site and there were gophers and explosives, I'd be very leery. Let's go to Jason Shaler. Jason, you're all with these super genius.
2: Yeah, hey, Mark. Uh, about the Tiger Woods... Uh, Phil Mickelson match, when they asked Tiger uh, if he would play, he said, yeah, but he wanted to play for something that would make them uncomfortable. And really, to Tiger Woods, I don't think $10 million is, I don't even think they should have played for money. I think they should have came up with something much more creative. To play yeah,
1: for. That, okay, you're going to say something stupid that won't be funny, so I'll no. cut you off and save your credibility. $10 million is $10 million, bro. There isn't a person alive. Bro, if they played for $100K, would sweat it. You know, money's money. And you reach a certain point where it's meaningful no matter how much of it you have. And ten million is just off the charts. Ten million could make either nervous. Ten million would make a big difference in Phil's life, and it would make a difference in Tiger's life as well. I mean that ten million, that's a that's a good figure to throw out there, no matter what the reality may be. 412 9939 We got Chris and Dan on hold. Please do stay on hold. I'm reminded that Michael Phelps raced the shark on TV. Hey, so did Arthur Fonzarelli. You know he he jumped the shark. I remember I'm a kid watching Happy Days, and of course that became popular to say that's when the series jumped the shark, and that became a a watchword in the American TV lexicon. I remember, but I remember as a kid watching the episode where Fonzie jumped the shark, and I'm like, man, this sucks. One hundred five ninety X.
2: And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Does your
1: girlfriend want to bang a penguin? Well, bang,
2: but I guess if that's your freebie, then my freebie would be Crosby. But uh
1: Wait, what? VX at 1059. I got a couple tweets saying that Tiger did some kind of hokey primetime golf match up under the lights with Sergio Garcia and David Duvall. Does that sound right? I'd look it up, but 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 I don't care. Um this $10 million price tag on Mickelson. Tiger really puts a an exclamation point on it, to be sure. By the way, a couple people uh, tweeted me, because I was talking about Dairy Queen blizzards, how great they are, and how they're the food that always looks the same in person, when you get one, as it does when you see advertising on TV or in print. But then we got the bad news, there is no longer a Snickers blizzard. And I checked the, the menu at the Dairy Queen website, there isn't, that sucks. And, uh, but somebody reminded me that, that you can always get Kondikes with Oreo pieces, and I think there's a, a Twix Kondike, but I'm not sure if there is a Snickers Kondike. We'll have to look into that. I love Kondikes, though. They're absolutely pure Pittsburgh. Uh, let's go to Dan in Upper St. Clair. Dan, you're on with Double M.
2: Hey, Double M. Uh, I hear a lot of people talking about Huntington being a seller at the deadline, and I couldn't agree more, but who is left to sell? I mean, they usually have some high-priced talent that they're looking to unload. Well, I, I,
1: I think that a catcher like Cervelli is going to be valuable. I, I Like uh, Tim Ben said earlier, Seattle has lost a couple catchers to injury. Uh, he could be valuable even as a backup catcher to contender who wants an insurance policy down the stretch at that position. Josh Harrison, as a super utility guy, As I've mentioned, I think it would be a perfect fit with the Yankees. I think there's very little doubt those two will go. I think if they get the right offer for Corey Dickerson, they would trade him because he goes to arbitration next year. And I don't think the Pirates would want to do that with him. So there's three guys I think they're definitely going to try to move. I think they'd like to move David Freeze as well, although he wouldn't bring much in return. And I think they'd like to move Jordy Mercer as well who's in the last year of his contract. Keep in mind, all the guys I mentioned, the only one who's in the last year of his deal is Mercer. Well, Dickerson too, but he has arbitration, which binds him for one more year. So uh, it it it's not that they're getting rid of these guys to get something for them before their deals expire. They just want to get their money off the books. Harrison has two years left beyond this one. Although I said at the time, boy, that was an odd choice of a guy to finally spend money in multi-year on because he's a utility guy. That's all he is, is a utility guy.
2: So that's how bad it's gotten. That's all we're getting rid of is like a backup catcher for a team.
1: I guess you didn't listen to anything I said then, right?
2: No, I did. It's just like it's unbelievable, like how bad it's become. Like the the most valuable player we have might be a backup catcher for the. Well,
1: it's amazing. It's amazing. They're they're forty and forty-six. Given how badly yeah. they've played. And like I said, they don't have one guy who deserves to be in the All-Star game. Somebody yeah. will because they have to, but they don't have anybody who deserves to be in the All-Star game. Let's go to Jason and Cranberry. Jason, uh, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark, just to support your theory
2: about uh, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson not working out, didn't back in the 70s, Muhammad Ali fight a wrestler from Japan?
1: Well, yeah, that was uh, Antonio Inoki. But that whole that whole thing was just an absolute mess. Uh, that took place in 1976, and uh, depending on what story you believe, I- Inoki was a studio wrestler. He he was like a WWE guy. He was a fake wrestler, to be blunt. But he was educated in martial arts, and the way it was supposed to go was, it was supposed to be a fake match. Ali was supposed to lose on kind of a fluky finish, but supposed to lose nonetheless. You know, everybody would get paid, right? Right. Well, then when he got over there, Ali decided he didn't want to lose, and they did a real fight. Each was scared to death of the other. Uh, the rules were uh, just, you know, very crippling to Oki, so he laid on his back the whole time and threw kicks at Ali's legs, which actually may have cost Ali down the road because he was never the same after that mobility-wise. But it went, it went to a draw, and it was terrible, but you know it was born from that, don't you? No, what? Mixed martial arts. Okay, That was the beginning of Mixed Martial Arts. I mean, it was a disaster, but it gave people an idea, and it just kind of uh, evolved from there. Did Ali get a big draw from that, or what was the payday on that? Oh, yeah, he got a big payday. I don't know what it was exactly. But but, uh, what it says right here, I'm looking at Wikipedia, it says he was supposed to get $6 million, but I have no idea. What he he actually got, and it says Wikipedia that uh, that that Ali never agreed to fix the fight, but I have I have heard differently. It says here the original plan was for Ali to accidentally punch the referee and knock him out, and then while Ali was looking after the ref, uh, Inoki would hit him in the head with a kick and knock him out. So the, the, the referee would come to and cut Ali out. Inoki gets the win, Ali didn't really lose, but uh, Inoki, uh, Ali, depending on what you believe, again, eventually refused, but most people say it was just a legit fight from the beginning, but but nobody can agree on that, and it it wasn't in the era of social media, so who knows exactly what happened. Yeah, thanks for coming much, Mark. Thank you. Ali was not, I mean, Inoki was not allowed to leg dive or tackle. I, I, I mean... That's the same as preventing Ali from jabbing. It it was just stupid. The whole thing was just stupid. But again, it gave birth to mixed martial arts. It did. Just about everybody uh, involved with MMA and UFC and so forth agrees to that. Don't forget, I'm at uh, Schultz Ford tomorrow, noon till 2, for the Schultz summer sale. Should be good. I won't be bringing any furries with me. How come the Anthrocon, it's usually at the end of April in Pittsburgh. How come it's in July this year? How come they moved the date for the Anthracon? It used to always be in April. I know that because I run my big deck and roller hockey tournament every April at the Island Sports Neville Island. And after the tournament, we go across the street to this bowling alley to eat and drink at their bar. And stop stopping there to bowl. In costume. Uh, one time a furry dressed as a gorilla like slapped me on the back and I had to say it. Get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. I would hope you get that reference. If you don't, look it up. It's a pretty good one. Let's go to Dave and Fox Chapel. Dave, you're on the Mark Madden Show.
3: Hey, Mark. Real quick, uh, who's still in the building? Because I know all these holiday breaks, everyone gets to leave early. And you gotta work all night.
1: No, I work till six o'clock. Obviously.
3: Yeah, yeah. I bet a lot of people are taking an early vacation now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I make more than almost anybody in the building, so I can live with it. <laughs>
3: all right, so the All Star game's coming up. So the Pirates have to send one person. Who who is the All Star on the Pirates? I mean, who's the only person we have that could be? labeled as an all-star because i don't see anybody uh maybe somebody has to go yeah somebody has to go who's gonna be i mean cervelli but he's hurt right now i don't i don't know who it has to be it's almost embarrassing
1: (laughs) it's not almost embarrassing i would think (laughs) i would think it'll be uh cervelli if he's healthy i would think yeah yeah i would think so too but you know really it's it's you know it's it, it, you're right. It is embarrassing. It reminds me. I heard somebody on the B team talking about this today. Uh, it reminds me when they sent uh, Ed Sprague.
3: Yeah, yeah, To yeah. the All Star game, yeah, he might, was just horrible. But they you. sent
1: him anyway because someone had to go.
3: Yep, someone has to go. So I don't. I don't know. That's uh It's a. It's a microcosm of the season. We have no we can't even think of an all-star and we think we have a chance to the playoffs. So, I mean, there's your answer right
1: there. Yeah, it's a microcosm. All right. Thank you for the, for the call. You know what? I finally, uh, looked this up. I always, I, I never bothered to do this till now. Vince Neil's in town tonight. And I've seen him as a solo before and his bands, uh, very good. And I always heard that his band, remember the group slaughter up all night, sleep all day. That's right. Uh, I always heard that Vince Neal's band was Slaughter with a different singer. So I looked it up. Vince Neal's band is Slaughter with a different singer. It's Jeff Blando, Dana Strum, Zoltan Cheney, along with Vince Neal instead of Mark Slaughter. Wow, is this right? Somebody uh, tweeted, there's 14 flavors of Kondike? It's a lot of Kondike. Uh, here's some more news on the uh, Tiger Woods Phil Mickelson thing. It's a made for TV match. We knew that. It would be broadcast on a major network and involve multiple corporate entities. The websites report that the match will likely take place at a Las Vegas golf course and that both Mickelson and Woods will be miked during the competition. So they can have, you know, snappy banter, I suppose. Are those guys friends? I don't think they hate each other. I'm not sure I'd call them friends either. I think as they both become more and more washed up, they've become more amenable to being friendly. And I'm sure that'll be the case. Although, you know what they'll do? They'll work it. They'll say stuff that's kind of not not rotten and not, you know, they'll bait each other a little bit. It'll be like, you know what it'll be like? Actually, that'll be good. It'll be like typical guys with a bet down in golf trying to rattle each other. Like Tiger will talk to Phil about the insider trading. Phil talked to Tiger about the infidelity. Who knows? By the by, the eighth hole, they may be bashing each other over the head with nine irons. I would definitely pay to see that. You know what? A book I got to dig up. There's a book I got about golf hustling, about stuff guys will do to win. You know, bets, big money bets, stuff that's obviously illegal under USGA rules. Like, like here's 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 one that's. Uh, it's pretty. There's a there's some guys if they're underdogs they'll they'll make a bet where they can tee up every ball, like no matter where the ball is on the course they can tee it up, and like that guy if he's allowed to tee it up he'll have like a, a like a four or five foot tee in his bag, so if the ball goes in water he can reach down and tee it up above the water to hit right, and there's like here's something else too I guess if you grease if you put Vaseline. On a club face? Anybody know about this? If you put Vaseline on a club face, it'll take the spin off the ball and make it fly further. Like, there's so many ways to cheat and hustle in golf. It's just like, you know, you'll have guys will have like, you know, 109 clubs in their bag. Like, for every single occasion it might come up. Not literally 109, but dozens. In the in, in USGA and pro golf, you're only allowed to have so many clubs in your bag. I know a friend of mine who remained remain nameless. He was playing in a tournament, a local tournament. This is like 30, 35 years ago. And he noticed that the guy had exactly the right amount of clubs in his bag, exactly the maximum, rather. So at the end of the round, he had, like, lost to him. He took a club out of his bag, threw it in the other guy's bag when he wasn't looking, pointed out to tournament officials, hey, that guy has too many clubs, and he forfeited You know what? That's a friend of mine. He couldn't be Tiger Phil, but he could come up with ways to to make it closer than it should be. I can tell you that. Up next, talk to Bob McLaughlin, 105.9 X.
2: And now, the super genius, Mark Madden.
1: None of what you're saying is reasonable. It's laughable. Ah. You're already dumb. Let's see if you can go to dumber. The X at 105.9. Joining me now is Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by... 84 Lumber. Bob, we were talking about Kondike Bars. There are 14 flavors of Kondike Bars, originally invented by Isley's, our good friends, uh, now owned by the Briars Good Humor brand. Are you a Kondike fan?
0: A oh, big one. A big one. I didn't realize there were 14 flavors either. I haven't had one in quite a while, but I may have to go out and figure out what flavors they have. I know they have Reese's. Uh, I would probably go for that one first.
1: Well, here's the ones that look intriguing to me. Oreo... Because I love Oreo everything. Oh, yeah. Caramel pretzel. The only acceptable merging of salty and sweet that I will deal with is caramel pretzel. So I would like to try that. Uh, Brownie fudge. You can't go wrong with that. Crunch, which is like Nestle's Crunch without paying the naming rights. Neapolitan. That's old-fashioned, but underneath the chocolate shell... There's strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla ice cream. Okay. That's old school. And uh, there is no Snickers flavor, but Breyers, the parent company, does have a Snickers ice cream.
0: I see a mint chocolate chip in there also, which Not a interests mint me. Guy.
1: Not a mint guy.
0: I do like mint chocolate chip. And when you, you know what, I can't think of, uh, you said pretzel and caramel are the only thing you would go for for pretzel?
1: You no, know, caramel pretzel, yeah, for sweet and salty combined.
0: What's a Sarah's chocolate-covered pretzel? That's not caramel. It's just chocolate and but yeah. Pretzel. That's good too. You're right. Oh. That's
1: good too. But I I prefer caramel given the choice. That's
0: that's like my favorite. That if they made that, oh my god, I'd buy stock in the company.
1: What's your take on the Tiger Phil Mickelson match?
0: It's gonna work.
1: <laughs> it will work. But but do you agree about the kind of smarmy carnival it, atmosphere that I think it it uh, it engenders?
0: Yeah, you can say that. But once it starts bringing in millions and ten millions of dollars, it's not so carnival no, no, anymore. no, I would
1: absolutely do it. Well, no, Bob, you can have. You can have multi-million dollar stuff, billion dollar stuff that, that's, that's carny. Like like uh, Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King was carny right. all the way. Have you seen that movie?
0: I did not. You said it was real good, though. Steve, I remember when Steve you saw Carol
1: it. Steve as, Carroll uh, as, as Bobby Riggs and uh, Emma Stone as uh, Billie Jean King it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant I just movie. had
0: no... Everybody said it was good. I knew the story, so I had no interest in seeing, because you know how it plays out already. So... Um, I guess that that's not true for all movies that I've seen that, you know, some are well, no, historical. No, no, that's
1: true. It's one of those rare movies where, you know, the finish.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, it's funny. I remember, I, I, I think it was called Monday Night Golf. Didn't Tiger Woods, like in the early 2000s, have a Monday Night Golf series where ABC had nothing on Monday night when football wasn't playing? So they played Monday Night Golf and it worked each year. So they kept bringing it back. And then it went away for a while and they brought it back in like two thousand ten or two thousand eleven, something like that. I and I, I got think- it right
1: here, Bob. It was a series of matches from ninety nine through two thousand five. It was revived in twenty twelve. Twenty twelve, okay. And all the matches involved Tiger Woods. And the the last one I think was Sergio. Showdown at Sherwood, Battle at Bighorn, <laughs> and uh a bunch of different participants. David Duvall, Sergio Garcia. They did a they did uh Annika Sorenstam and Carrie Webb, you know, to get the the woman thing in there, John Daly to get the alcoholic thing in there. More recently, Rory McElroy. So it has been tried, but this is attaching the $10 million thing, and that, that's a lot of money, too. Oh,
0: yeah, especially. And with those two names, I mean, you've got your Tiger camp and you've got your Mickelson camps, and I, I don't think that those two camps like each other too much. I'm talking fan-wise here. You know, lefty. No, no, that's true. They both have their armies, I guess. Nothing like Arnie's army, but they both have their camps, and I think that if you're going to get two golfers, those are the two to put each other at each other's throats because I think their followers will get into the same action.
1: Well, there were eight of these things, and Tiger went four and four. He he beat Duvall, beat Garcia. Um, like uh, the re- oh wait, I'm looking at the ratings. Well, the ratings did six nine seven six, although they dipped badly at the end. Oh four and oh five. Did 3.6 and 3.0, so... But
0: I think the latest one, was that Sergio? I think that that one did pretty no, well the, for No, the them.
1: last one was Woods and Daly versus Goosen and Mickelson. Oh, that damn. was an 05. Wow.
0: Oh, I meant the 2012 one.
1: The, the, no, the, no, no, no. The uh, Was there a 2012 one? The 2001 was Woods versus Garcia. That drew the highest at 7.6. Okay. Well, either
0: way, it's going to make money, so you know if they're talking about it already, it will happen. And if they're going to wear live mics... Don't you think it'll have to be delayed a little bit?
1: I think it'll be delayed a little bit. Uh, I find the 2012 one, this is so difficult to look up, but the 2012 one was uh, Rory McIlroy. Oh, okay. And okay. he beat Tiger. Got it. He beat Tiger by one stroke.
0: And remember, I think that that's... It was
1: stroke play format.
0: Perfect, yeah. and Which I think was that... number
1: two, McIlroy was number one.
0: Exactly. They were pushing McIlroy because he had just unseated him, I think, for the number one rating. And a lot of people were on the Rory train at that time either, uh, at that time also. Um, So that, you know, look, I'll probably watch it kind of half-hearted just because I know that we would have to know what happens in it. And if Phil goes nuts on a green, then you're going to have to talk about it.
1: I hope Phil stick handles around the green (laughs) and then cross-checks Tiger in the face. I would love
0: to see him lose it.
1: That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. I want to know what you think of this Woods-Mickelson thing. I also want to know what Pirate you think should make the All-Star game, and actually the proper answer is none of the above. Uh, I'm going to go over, uh, I'm going to reset the the number of things that have gone wrong with the Pirates this year, and could they have been prevented, or did the Pirates just lack talent? I'm Mark Madden, 105.90X.